Well, in the month of May, we're starting a new series of messages called All in the Family. And we're going to see in the text that we read here in just a moment that this is really referring to the whole nation. It's referring to the congregation as well as the immediate families. And I appreciate some help I received from Reggie Joyner in all this. Let me set up the passage before I read it. You're going to find that the main leader sits down with the nation and the congregation and the families and he addresses them. And he basically says, look, we've been waiting as a people for 11 generations. And this last generation, I've been your leader for 40 years now. And we've been waiting to enter the promised land, but I won't be leading you in to the promised land. And so I've gathered you here as a people for a farewell address. I can imagine that the people were somewhat shocked to hear that he wouldn't be leading them in. And I'm imagining that they listened really carefully to what he had to say. And he said to them, as a people, as you head into the promised land, there's going to be some things that are very familiar. And there's going to be some things that are very, very different. And this is not dissimilar to what we're going through right now with COVID strong overtones of that, which is familiar in life. And yet also strong overtones of things that are utterly different that we've never experienced before. And so listen to Moses as he gives his farewell address. And he says, as you go into this, let me remind you of what is mission critical in all of this. And like the children of Israel, all of us, I believe right now have been gifted by God with some exciting strategic opportunities, but we're also personally wrestling. I think each one of us with some level of disappointment. So if you have your device or your Bible, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one to nine. And I'd like to read that to you now. Moses says to the nation, he says to us, these are the commands, decrees, and laws. The Lord, your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all your decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so Moses says to the people, as you enter the promised land, here are some critical issues that you need to keep front and center in front of you. And his words are carefully chosen for anyone who wants to leave a legacy. 
And so he speaks to the entire nation and he says, listen, you are responsible on an individual level to keep that which is most important, most important. You are responsible to be multi-generational in your outlook. He says this in verse two. He says, this is for you and your children and your grandchildren. Because one day you will look back on this. And one day we are going to look back on this time and this era of COVID. And we will be asking, what is the legacy I built during that time that I will leave to those coming after me? And so Moses begins in the passage with the idea that we should imagine the end. Imagine the end. And he talks about this in verses one through five, but let me just read four and five to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. In this short couple of verses, Moses gives a frame of reference for everything in life. And that frame of reference is God himself. And he's really saying, listen, if you don't start with God, it doesn't matter how well it goes in the promised land. It doesn't matter how you navigate the time of COVID. If you don't start with God himself, we will end up in the wrong place. This phrasing is still to this day central to Judaism, central in Christianity. In Judaism, they call it the Shema, And Moses says, you and all of the generations that come after you, no matter what you experience, and you may experience a myriad of things in the promised land, but if you don't keep this central, you will miss out. So let me ask you this question, a question I'd like you to consider going forward. Maybe talk about it with the people you're with. If you're watching this with people, where does God want you to be? when we begin to emerge from this? I think this is an important question to ask ourselves as we go through the time of COVID. Where does God want me to be when we begin to emerge from this? And so with Moses, I'm inviting you to imagine the end. Moses is really saying to them, he's saying to us, get your nose above the day-to-day aspects of just surviving and look at the big picture and what's most important in all of this. And I understand that's incredibly difficult to do right now, but Moses is saying, stay focused on what's most important. Now in these verses, he's not concerned about them becoming a bunch of atheists. There was very few of them in those days. I think there's actually very few of them in our day. To be a really pure atheist, you have to be a person of too much faith. What I think there is a lot of in our world is agnostics. People who are not sure if there's a God or not, or they might even say, I think he does exist, but then they, in practical terms, live their life like he doesn't exist. The power of the Shema in verse four, something that is repeated Very often, the power of the Shema expresses and establishes God as the central character around whom everything revolves in life. The one around whom 
everything connects people in a society and every generation as well. Those who live in the Hebrew community to this day are invited to recite the Shema from verse four twice a day. They hang the Shema on their doors as a visual reminder of God's rule in their everyday life. And they say by doing this, I want to declare the centrality of God in my life. And when I was, when I was in Israel a few years ago, I picked up one of them, one of the ones they'll put in the door frame as a visual reminder to me of the centrality of God in my life. Let me ask you a question. How do you decorate your house? How do you decorate your house? What is the message your house expresses? They all give one. And the way we we choose to organize our surroundings speaks volumes about what's important to us. And so when I go to visit someone in their home, back when that was still possible, I look very carefully at the surroundings as I go into their place. And of course, when they leave the room, I sneak around and I busily rifle through all their drawers and cabinets just to see what kind of a person they are. You might be watching this right now from your living room. And as we wrap up our time in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to ask that question. What is the message our surroundings are expressing. What are we suggesting is most important to us based on how we've organized things around us? Are there things in and around us that are visual prompts to remind us that God is central in our life, that we want him to be a focus of our life, one on whom we discuss things often. You know, when I was a teenager, my parents um, uh, gave me some ability to decorate my room as I wanted. If you are listening as a teenager today, can I ask you if your parents give you some perhaps limited autonomy when it comes to how your room looks, what does your room say about you? What kind of a message does it express about what's important to you? And if you're a little one, if you're a child here today, what's the most important thing in your room. Moses is saying to the nation, he's saying to the church congregation, he's saying to the very wise parents, listen, keep the spotlight on God because he is the end we want to realize. Oh God, may you be central in all that we do and all that we think. And so let me ask you this question. What might be a Shema-like thing for you? The second value that Moses says, listen, I want you to keep front and central as you're heading into the promised land that he's really saying to us as we traverse through what we're going through right now. The second value is the fight for the heart the fight for the heart. And we see this in verses five and six. He says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. You know, in the scriptures, in other places, it says that God shows his love to a thousand generations, to those that love him and keep his commandments. And so there, as well as in this Deuteronomy passage, 
Moses makes the connection between love and obedience. You know, the only thing that separates a living, vibrant faith from a ritualistic, legalistic orthodoxy is really one idea, one word, one practice, and that's love. Moses says, when you go through what you're about to go through, I want to warn you about the danger of a generation losing its faith, losing its faith. You know, in my experience, as we go through things in life, people typically very rarely remain neutral as they go through sort of dramatic circumstances. They will either move towards or they will move away from God. And I believe that right now during COVID, we are in a time of strategic opportunity. I've been praying personally, and I invite you to pray that God would give you divine appointments. In other words, uh, arrangements that he directs, that he initiates, that he brings together so that he can be central, so that he can be honored so that he can be exalted as we talk to people, as we model for people, the things of him. So Moses continues and he says, see that as a nation, see this as a church, see this as a family. He is saying there's something much more important than practicing an outward lifestyle type of religion. And he fights for the heart, the value of the heart. And when the church or the parents try to just pass down rules or practices outside of a compelling love relationship, outside of a a heart change. We establish an empty religion. So Moses says, teach and model that God is not only someone to be in awe of, someone to hold in high reverence, to have a healthy fear and respect for, but also someone you love. So Moses says, don't just obey and follow the rules because if that's the extent of your relationship with God, it is empty and it will quickly dissipate and fade in your life. No, we need to be a people who pursue heart-based love relationship with God. And so as parents or grandparents, or perhaps you're an aunt or an uncle. We assume sometimes that if I just explain the reason for the rule, then the kid will respond differently and there will be, you know, sort of quote unquote, right behavior. And it's, of course, it's important to explain the reasons, but it doesn't end there. And Junior will not end up saying, you know, I get it, Dad. You explained it so well. And now I will joyfully do exactly what you say. Reasons and answers are important, but they don't carry as much weight as a healthy relationship. And so Moses is challenging us. Be an illustration to them that God can be trusted, that you trust him, and that you as their parent or Uh, an influencer in their life will earn their trust by the relationship you have with God. Create a life that junior and that grandkid or that niece or that nephew want to follow. And so it has to be very personal. He's saying in verse six, it has to grab your heart. 
And what I give to those around me is not as nearly as important as what I leave in them. And in order to leave it in them, it has to be in me first. And so it's okay, as we talked about last week, it's okay when we struggle during this time for answers. It's okay when we express our concerns to God and our weaknesses and and we have real problems like we are facing now. Because the other people in our life and the next generations are watching to see what does a legit relationship with God look like right now? A relationship with God in action. The third value, he says, I want you to keep thunder and central um, when you're heading into the promised land is this idea of creating a rhythm creating a healthy rhythm. And he talks about this in verses seven to nine. He says, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Moses is saying, listen, I want you to create an everyday faith, an everyday kind of relationship with God. And he's addressing one of the most dangerous things in our lives, a compartmentalized faith. This very false idea that God can somehow be relegated to just a segment of our life. Whereas the reality, as we see it biblically laid out, is that for a follower of Christ, a biblical believer, God wants to be involved in every part of our life. He wants to flavor and influence every part of our life. And the best way to do this, to have God at the center of who we are and what we do is to, Moses says, it's just to integrate him naturally into the ongoing rhythms of life. And so he just gives a very practical illustration. He says, listen, when you're sitting at home or when you're walking along the road or when you're lying down or when you get up, just have these kind of conversations, this kind of relationship as a natural rhythm in life. And so if it works in your schedule at home, as you're doing this now, as you sit down for a meal with your family, if that's something you're able to do, talk about God in light of their day. Talk about God in relationship with God in practical terms regarding what's coming up. When you go for a walk or a bike ride, like so many people are doing right now because of the nice weather, talk about these things. Or if you're one of those that's still uh, privileged to be able to commute to work and stuff like that and still go into your job, talk about these things or contemplate these things on the drive to work. Or when you're saying goodnight uh, at the end of the day, discuss the day in light of how God had a part in it. As you begin the day, Moses says, if you have breakfast together or just a moment together, set the tone for the whole day around a God orientation by your comments, by the things you do, by prayer that you might have together. Set the tone. You know, a couple of weeks ago or so, 
Uh, Debbie and I were visiting uh, just in the driveway with one of the teachers in our, in our church and we went to their place and we were standing in the driveway and uh, of course the teachers now are teaching virtually with their students and one of the things that this teacher said to us is that they said that they're just really missing is that every day when they were in the classroom with them, the real classroom, They would stand at the door and as their students would come in, they would greet each one of their students and just kind of interact with them a little bit, trying to set the tone for a good school day with their students. And they said, I desperately miss this. In other words, they're saying, and God is saying, and Moses is saying in this text, take advantage of the time, take advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of you do these things. Can I suggest some practical tools that you could use as your kids are perhaps more at home with you right now? The kids own material that Justine is faithfully preparing every week, which you can access right after the service today. And she has age appropriate material for nursery and preschool and elementary. Check that stuff out on our website. And also let me recommend to you someone who used to be part of our church and they moved on. He's taking his PhD in theology out at McMaster University. And he has been sitting down with his kids. He's got three little girls and he's been doing what's called Bible college for kids. Very practical, very fun. And he's just walking them through the Bible. And you can search for this on Facebook. It's Ambrose Thompson. You can search for P-H doozy, P-H-D-O-O-Z-E-Y. Very practical stuff that he's talking to them about. Uh, A great book I would suggest is Parenting Beyond Your Capacity by Reggie Joyner and Carrie Newhoff. Moses is saying, Let's think multi-generational. Let's pass the faith on to the next generation together for the glory of God. And finally, as they head into the promised land, as we are in COVID, Moses says, widen the circle. Two times in these nine verses, he says, hear, O Israel. Right at the beginning of the text, he says, listen, I'm talking to the whole nation and we need to support each other with a multi-generational viewpoint. This is why he says in verse two, you and your children and their children, teach them and impress on them the need to fear God, hold him in high reverence and follow him and enjoy long life. When he says, hear, O Israel, He's really making it a national issue, really a church-wide issue. And maybe you are listening to this and maybe you're part of a family or have a family or or maybe you don't. Even if you don't have a family, each one of us has a responsibility to one another, to pray for those that are part of our sphere of influence, to help those parents, for example, that are around us, that are trying to raise their kids. When we are followers of Christ. We must remember the responsibility we have to model the things of God in front of the children and the teenagers and the young adults that are around us immediately, that are in the church, that are in the community. And when we go to do things that dishonors God, do sinful things, it doesn't just hurt us and grieve the heart of God. It affects those 
impressionable ones that are watching us. We need to give as well so that we can impact the next generation and impact our community. This is why we have a children and a youth and a young adults pastor, because we take very seriously the call from scripture to pass on the faith. And so every son, every daughter, every child, every young person needs to hear and see modeled in front of them, the activities that not only come from their parent or parents, but by the other adults in their life, showing them what a healthy relationship with God looks like during COVID. And so certainly as a church or as believers, we don't take the central role in this. This is the role of the parent or parents, but we are called on to support those parents to be Uh, working in combination with them. Moses is saying, as we head into the promised land, as we as a people are now going through COVID, keep that which is most important right in front of us. Amen.